Church. My name's Peter. I'm one of the pastors here at Eastside, and I'm just so excited to be able to share with you today. Today, I want to look at one of the kings from the Old Testament of the Bible named Solomon, and one of the books that he wrote called Proverbs. Uh, Solomon was the wisest king in his day. When, when he was alive, there was nobody wiser than Solomon. He wrote 3,000 Proverbs, a thousand of which we have in the Bible in the book of Proverbs. He also wrote over a thousand songs. Solomon was so wise that people from all over the world would come to visit him and learn from him to hear the wisdom that he was proclaiming. Solomon also wrote the sexiest book of the Bible, Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, uh, which has parts in it that I would not even want to read out loud to you this morning. I would be blushing so badly. Uh, But he wrote this book all about covenant love and God's design for marriage and sex and what that can look like with a man and a woman. And yet, Solomon... In his later years, he wound up having 700 wives and 300 concubines. He ended up building altars to false gods. Solomon, the wisest man in his day, how could he also be so incredibly foolish? That's what I want us to look at today. Because in the thousands of years since Solomon lived, people have gotten a lot smarter. We have so much more knowledge. We understand more about the natural world and about the universe. We understand more complex mathematics. Uh, We've invented technology that we can use to watch YouTube videos that can teach us how to do almost anything. There's so much knowledge that's available to us. We're so much smarter. But are we wiser? Are we wiser than Solomon in his day? Well, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today. Uh, Are we wiser? Because isn't it amazing that Proverbs that were written thousands of years ago are still so applicable to our life. Where Proverbs is one of the most popular books of the Bible, we love to go and and read it and learn from it. And so today, we wanna learn how can we be wise? How can we be wise? And and I think we need to start with uh, the definition of what is wisdom. That we all are kinda on the same page, that when I'm talking about wisdom today, what does that really mean? And so there's a pastor that I admire, his name's Timothy Keller, and this is his definition of wisdom. He says, wisdom is competence with regard to the complex realities of life. Your life is complex. My life is complex. We've got relationships, family, we've got our work, we've got God, we've got hobbies, we've got all these different things that make up who we are, that make up our life, and it's complicated. And we want to have competence. Wisdom is the ability to know what is the best thing to do in the majority of life situations which the accepted moral rules 
do not clearly address. So if you're here today as a Christian, a follower of Jesus, you know, we're following the Bible, God's word. But there's some things that the Bible is not always as clear on as we'd like. But we need wisdom because the course of our lives is greatly determined by the myriad daily choices that we make. And the book of Proverbs is a guidebook to help us to navigate those choices wisely. So every day, we are making decisions. We're making choices, big or small. We want to make the best choice. We want to make the right choice. But how do we determine? How do we know if we're making the best choice? Is it only through success or failure? Is it if we achieve what we desire, then we know it was the best choice? Could it be that we have the best intentions and yet our decisions could be lacking wisdom? There's some big decisions that we make in our life. Uh, For me and my family, we're trying to make some big decisions like, do we move houses? Is that something that we want to do right now? Uh, Do we look at renovating our house? And then, so do we renovate our house in order to move houses or do we renovate our house in order to stay in our house? And one of the big decisions that my kids would like me to make is, are we going to get a dog? That's a big decision for them that they'd like dad to weigh in on. There's other people that I've been talking to who are facing some big decisions, like should I change careers? What school are we going to send our kids to? When are we going to retire? Should I go back to school? And then other people that I know that are considering leaving school. We've got big decisions. Wouldn't it be nice if the Bible had simple answers for all of those decisions that we're looking to make, where we could uh, just say, do we move? Well, look at 3 Peter chapter 1, verse 1, which says, don't move, renovate. Oh, well, that would be nice. That would be simple. Uh, what about my kid's question, do we get a dog? Well, let's go to Hezekiah chapter 1, verse 1. There is no Hezekiah chapter 1, verse 1. There is no Third Peter. Uh, but Hezekiah chapter 1, verse 1, saying, Don't bother waiting till your kids are older to get a dog. You'll still be the one cleaning up after it. Might as well get it now. Now, the Bible is very clear about a lot of things. Like, should I commit adultery? No. Should I murder? No. But when the Bible doesn't give us a simple, clear-cut answer to the question, should I go back to school, or should I change careers, we need wisdom. All of us need wisdom. All of us can benefit from becoming wiser. You know, I believe the world needs wiser Christians. Would you agree? We need to be wise in how we relate to the culture that's around us, wise in how we talk, wise in how we spend our money, wise in how we raise our kids. What would it look like if we were wise? If we knew the best thing to do 
in all the complex realities of our life. I don't know about you, but I often don't know what to do. You know, have you ever looked at a bunch of choices in front of you and you're like, these all look good. These all could be good. I don't know what to do. Have you ever said that to your spouse? I don't know what to do. Have you ever said that to God? I don't know what to do. But what if we could know? What if we were wise? Well, how can we be wise? That's what I want us to talk about today. How can we be wise? And I want us to look at three keys from the life of Solomon and the book of Proverbs that he wrote. And so let's begin with looking at how King Solomon became wise. If he was the wisest king when he was alive, how did he get to be wise? And the Bible tells us in 1 Kings chapter 3, I'm just going to paraphrase it for you to keep it simple, but Solomon had just been crowned king after his father David. So if you were here last Sunday, you heard Pastor John talk about David, and this is his son, and now Solomon has become the king. And the Bible tells us that Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given him by his father David. And one of the first things that Solomon does as king is he offers a thousand sacrifices to God. Solomon goes over the top. He goes out of his way. This is a big deal. He offers 1,000 sacrifices to God. It would have taken a long time. It would have been a big deal. A thousand sacrifices. That night, God shows up to Solomon. And he appears to him in a dream. And he says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Solomon answers God and he says, I'm only a little child. And I don't know how to carry out my duties. So would you give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people, to distinguish between right and wrong? For who is able to govern this great people of yours? And it says in verse 10 of 1 Kings chapter 3, the Lord was pleased. He's pleased with Solomon. So Solomon shows great respect to the Lord. He offers an enormous amount of sacrifices. And when God appears to him in a dream, Solomon is humble. He doesn't ask selfishly, for long life, or for great riches, but he asks for wisdom, discernment. He wants to know right from wrong, and he wants to be able to lead God's people effectively. And this pleases God. Solomon demonstrates the first key to wisdom, the fear of the Lord. And when he writes Proverbs, when he puts this, his wise sayings and he puts it all together in the book of Proverbs, it becomes the motto of the book. Over and over, we can see it in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, but I want us to look at it in Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, 
where he talks about the fear of the Lord. We're going to put it on the screen here. Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, Fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. It's the fear of the Lord that's the foundation of wisdom. And now, when we think about the fear of the Lord, we want to look at the picture of how Solomon is interacting with God. Because Solomon is not terrified of the Lord. He's not cowering in fear, afraid of what God is going to do to him. But instead, he is respectful to God. He's generous as he gives to God. He's humble before God. He has a reverent heart. His heart is fully devoted. He's been walking in the footsteps of his father, David. This is our picture of the fear of the Lord. Not that we cower in terror and dread, but we have a respectful, reverent heart before God. Any quest for wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Because we're not after academic knowledge here. This is about the wisdom to know what to do in the most complex situations that life throws at you. And it involves bowing our knee before the Lord who made everything. It's humbling ourselves, respecting and reverencing God, not cowering in fear and dread. It's the fear of the Lord. It's the foundation of wisdom. In this same encounter that Solomon has with God, he demonstrates the second key to wisdom. So first, it's the fear of the Lord. Secondly, Solomon asks God for wisdom and discernment. If we want to be wise, we are to pursue wisdom. Proverbs writes about, uh, Solomon writes about this in Proverbs. And so we're going to look at Proverbs chapter 9. We're just going to jump now to Proverbs chapter 4. We're going to come back to Proverbs chapter 9. Proverbs 4, verse 4 to 7, this is what Solomon says. He says, my father taught me. So that's David who was king before him. And he's saying, this is what David said to me. Take my words to heart. Follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. So David has said these things to Solomon. And now Solomon is putting them into Proverbs to pass on to his son, Rehoboam, who will become king after him. And he says, get wisdom. And that word is get, it's take hold of, possess, purchase, value, buy up. It's the picture that wisdom needs to be pursued and acquired. You have to get it. And Solomon demonstrates this in his life by asking God for wisdom. We are not born wise. 
If you have ever seen your child shove peas up their nostrils or found them chewing on an extension cord, we know we're not born wise. Unfortunately, though, we don't just automatically become wise as we get older. We need to get wisdom. It doesn't just happen to us along the way. We need to pursue it. We need to ask for it. It needs to be developed. And so we read God's word, and then we apply it to our lives. We take God's truth, and we live it out. We test it, and we try it. We take what he said out into the real world. This is how we develop good judgment. This is how we become wise. Well, Solomon asks God for wisdom directly. And the good news for us is that anyone can be wise. Because of what Jesus has done for us, his death and his resurrection, now where we can be in relationship with God. Solomon met with God. I mean, think about that. In the Old Testament, this is a rare occurrence. God showing up and meeting with Solomon. And Solomon takes that moment to ask for wisdom. But James chapter 1 verse 5 tells us that if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given him. So we have the same access to our Father in heaven, just like Solomon, we can ask for wisdom. And God will make us wise. He'll give us wisdom. But sometimes I think our problem is we feel wise. You know, we can look at people around us. We can watch videos on YouTube of idiots doing idiotic things, and we can feel pretty wise. We, it's easy to sit here and fall into the comparison trap and think, you know what, I think I, think I am pretty wise. I, I feel like I'm wise. You know, I know for me, that's how I feel a lot of the time. And I can hear things like, I know, I know, the fear of the Lord. I've heard it a hundred times before. Yeah, okay. But I, I want us to look at, back in Proverbs 9, looking at verse 9, where it says, instruct the wise, and they will be even wiser. Teach the righteous, and they will learn even more. God's wisdom is unfathomable. And the wisest among us here are the ones who realize we can be even wiser. There's always more that we can learn. For the last year, I've been reading one psalm and one proverb and one chapter of the New Testament every day. And what happens is every 31 days, you get back to the start of Proverbs and you just go through it again. And I like to read my Bible on my phone. I've got a nice app, uh, version that I love. And so I just grab it on my phone and I'm reading through my psalm, my proverb, my New Testament chapter. When I get to Proverbs, here's what happened. The first time through in the app, it's really easy to highlight. You just tap the verse and you're like, oh, highlight that. That's good. So the first time through Proverbs, I hadn't read it in a little while. And I'm just highlighting everything. Like, oh, that's so good. Oh, that's speaking to me. Day after day, you get through the first time through Proverbs. 
You go through your second time through and you're like, oh, that's still good. Oh, yeah, fine and stuff. Oh, I missed that the first time around. Okay, then for me at least, about four or five times through, I'm starting to go, oh, my proverb again. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, all right, I read it. Yeah, no, that's good. But then something happens about the seventh time through, the ninth time through, where all of a sudden you're reading along and you're like, oh, yeah, I highlighted that. That was good. That was good. And then you're like, whoa, how did I miss this verse? How many times? I've read this like nine times now, and this verse is, man, it is speaking to me today. Like, I'm highlighting it. It's amazing. God's wisdom is unfathomable. You know, there's, I love to read, and so there's this book series that I love, and it starts with the hero. The first three books, the hero is a teenager. And then the next three books of the series, it jumps ahead, and the hero is in his 30s. And then the last three books, it jumps ahead again, and the hero's in his 50s. And so I first read these books when I was a teenager, and I loved the teen hero. He was amazing. Everything he did was so cool. And then I read the other books, and I liked them, and they were great. But then I reread that series in my 30s, and I'm reading the first three books with the teen hero, and I'm like, this guy is an idiot. How did I ever think that this was a great guy doing all these amazing things? He's just making a mess of his whole life. And then I'm reading the books about the 30-year-old, and I'm like, this guy, this guy knows what's going on right here. You know, if our experience, my experience reading a book can change from when I'm a teenager to when I'm in my 30s, how much more is God's word going to continue to speak to me as I grow, as I become wiser, as I get older? His wisdom is unfathomable. We need to pursue wisdom. Even if we feel wise, we need to get wisdom. The fear of the Lord, that's the foundation. It's the beginning of wisdom. And then we need to pursue wisdom. All right, the third thing that we can learn from the life of Solomon and from the the book of Proverbs that I want to highlight today is repeated over and over throughout the book of Proverbs. And over and over, Solomon writes, and he's writing to his son, and he says, my son, keep my instructions. He's saying, follow my commands. He's saying, pay attention to this. This is important. Keep my instructions. Follow my commands. He says it again and again. There's more than 10 different times where directly he says, keep my instructions or follow my commands. And so let's go back to Proverbs chapter 4 again and look at those same verses that we read. Because it starts with his father David. In in Proverbs 4 verse 4, it says, my father taught me. This is what David had said to Solomon. Take my words to heart. Follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom. You know, at the beginning of Solomon's kingship, it says that Solomon showed his love for the Lord by walking according to the instructions given to him by his father David. Solomon knew the importance of obedience. And it's our third key from the life of Solomon. It's obey the Lord. Because after all, what does it mean if you know God and you understand his ways and you listen to him 
and you understand his commands, but then you don't do them. Obey the Lord. Often for us, it's not that we don't necessarily know what to do, but it's that we don't do it. And I know I, I can see that in my own life, where I know I, know I should blank, forgive, love, repent, get help, sacrifice, give. There's so many things that we could put into that blank. It's not that we necessarily don't know what to do, but do we obey the Lord? If we want to be wise, if we want to know what the best thing to do is, even when the Bible doesn't give us a clearly stated answer, we need the fear of the Lord, that reverent respect for God, that heart that is fully devoted to him. And we need to pursue wisdom, knowing that it needs to be gotten. We need to get it. We need to buy it up. We need to find it. We need to apply it to our life. And then we need to obey the Lord. Well, Solomon demonstrated all of these things in his life, where we can look at his life and see where he valued these things. He knew that they were important. He wanted to do these things. And yet, it's at the height of Solomon's wisdom, at the peak of his glory and prestige, that Solomon does some incredibly foolish things. After he writes the Song of Solomon, this beautiful, sexy love story about God's design for relationships, it's after that that he goes and makes a mockery of marriage by taking 700 wives and adding 300 concubines, a thousand women, which I think we can agree is too many. <laughs> he does some incredibly foolish things. His heart is turned away from God. He still loves God, but he's no longer fully devoted to God. His heart's kind of over here. And he begins to build and have these false altars constructed. In scripture, it tells us that Solomon met with God two different times where God showed up and spoke to him. And yet, how is it that he's now building these altars to false gods? How can he be so incredibly foolish? You know, people traveled from around the world to come and to hear the wisdom that he was proclaiming. And yet Solomon didn't follow the wisdom that he proclaimed. He wrote it into the book of Proverbs. He wanted to pass down what he'd learned. He valued it so much. He wanted his son to have it. But in his later years, he wasn't living it. He warned his son. Throughout Proverbs, we can see warnings against sexual temptation. But in his later years, he's a thousand women. He ignores his own warnings. 1 Kings 11 says that Solomon's heart was not fully devoted to the Lord his God, as the heart of David his father had been. 
It says, so Solomon did evil in the eyes of the Lord. He did not follow the Lord completely as David, his father, had done. Solomon no longer feared the Lord. Solomon no longer obeyed the Lord. Not completely. You know, if, if you were here last Sunday, you heard Pastor John talk about King David and some of the mistakes that he made. But in the Bible, there's a clear record of David's repentance. But surprisingly, with Solomon, there's no record of repentance. There's no record that he even acknowledged that what he was doing was wrong. Solomon was the wisest king in all the world, but he couldn't even see his own foolishness. Solomon's later years were a terrible example to his son Rehoboam. And eventually when Rehoboam took over the kingdom, I mean, everything went wrong from that point on for the kingdom of Israel. Fortunately for us, we have a greater example of wisdom than Solomon. We have Jesus. Because Jesus knew the fear of the Lord. His heart was fully devoted to his father. And in Luke 2.52, it tells us that Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus pursued wisdom. From when he was a boy to when he grew into being a man, he pursued wisdom. And Jesus obeyed the Father even unto death. He is our example of wisdom. He lived a life of beauty and significance and accomplished something worthwhile and lasting for the whole world. He's our example of wisdom. Jesus came not as a, a vengeful king that we need to be terrified of, but as a compassionate servant. We don't fear his wrath. We respect his humility and grace. We're in awe of his sacrifice. We bend our knee to him, not for fear of retribution, but knowing that he laid down his life for us. So today, will you bow your knee to Jesus? Will you fully devote your heart to the God who made you? Today we can look at Solomon as a warning of how we can be so wise and yet also so foolish. To watch that even if we're, we're doing great now, we want to be careful. We want to continue to do the foundational things, to have those things in our heart as we continue to grow into being more like Jesus. Today, let's pursue wisdom. Let's follow God's instructions. What would your marriage be like if you were wiser? What if you were a wiser parent? What would it look like if you had more wisdom in your workplace? You know, maybe you've been praying for something to change, but the change that God has for you is to make you wiser. Lastly, imagine if we were a church that walked in obedience. 
A church that knew what was best and did it. Who obeyed our God and kept his commands. Not putting on a show or just trying to present a great face. But even when we make mistakes, repenting, dusting ourselves off, getting up and trying again. Today, let's be wise. You know, this is just a starting point. Wisdom doesn't work where we're going to be struck by lightning and walk out of here today and suddenly we know the best thing to do in every situation. This is a starting point to pursue wisdom, to fear the Lord, to obey what God has asked us to do.